the father believes about Jesus. He calls him his son. He says that he is well pleased with him. So if people tell you, well, I believe God, but I don't believe Jesus, you, you can only say to them, well, God the Father believed Jesus. He called him his son, and he said he was pleased with him, and he said we should listen to him. That's, fine. That's the final word God spoke. He spoke a word of injunction, and Peter, James, and John heard the, the words. He said, listen to him. Hear what he says. I'm not satisfied to hear about him. That's good. But our need is to hear him. Hebrews chapter 1 says God spoke in the past by the prophets and many other ways. But now he has spoken his final, full, complete, glorious message through his son. It's always good to hear about a loved one who is far away. But it's far better to talk to that loved one. It's, and so with God. The early disciples heard him and they did not depend on secondhand knowledge. John said we saw him, we touched him, we heard him, we experienced him. Peter, James, and John were told to listen to Jesus. Not even Moses, the master lawgiver, or Elijah, the great prophet, was enough. We need to hear Jesus. Are you listening? Mark 4.13, Jesus said, If any man has ears, let him hear. Many voices are crying today. The voices of negativism, the voices of posit being positive, all of those voices are out there. The voices of the devil, the voices of politicians, the voices of philosophers, the voices of preachers, the voices of, of all kinds of people, but only listen to his voice. Many messages God gives us, we never hear because we're not listening. The Bible encourages us to listen. Luke 8, 13, Jesus said, Take heed, therefore, how you hear. So we not only need to listen, we need to do it in a certain way. How are we to hear? And we are to be still. Take time to listen. You see, you want to hear someone you listen. You stop. It's like the farm boy who came to the big city and suddenly in the midst of the noise of traffic and people talking, he stopped, he said. Don't you hear that cricket? And everybody else said, I don't hear a cricket. But you see, the farm boy's ear had been trained by years of living in the country to hear the, the, the noise of the cricket. But nobody else could hear it. You and I have to train our voices to hear the voice of God, to hear him speak in nature, to hear him speak through other people, to hear him speak primarily through his word, to hear him speak as he declares to us his truth. He's the only one who has the answers in our crucial hour. Our world is a mess, and we need to hear him. When the disciples heard the voice of God, they fell on their faces, and they were really afraid. And Jesus touched them and urged them to get up and not be afraid. Now remember, God had spoken, and Moses and Elijah had been there, and Jesus had been shining forth in all his glory. And the Bible says when they lifted up their eyes, they didn't see anybody except Jesus only. You see, Jesus only is the one we need to hear, the one we need to see, the one we need to trust, the one we need to believe in, the one we need to count as special in our lives. And I want to challenge you today to begin a process of doing that. And 
as we read this, when Jesus came down from the mountain with his disciples, he said, don't tell anybody what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And <clears throat> Jesus, uh, as he came down, there was a crowd, and a man was there, and he approached Jesus, and he knelt before him, and he said, Lord, have mercy on my son. And he has seizures. He's suffering greatly. He falls into the fire, into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. <clears throat> and Jesus said, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and said, why couldn't we drive out that demon? Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. When Jesus comes down from the mountain, he immediately begins to meet needs. Mountains are wonderful, and mountain experiences are wonderful. Great experiences with God are life-changing, but we can't stay on the mountain. We have to come down into the valley of need. We have to come down where suffering is. We have to come down where heartache is. We have to come down where broken people are. And we have to live among them as Jesus did. And Jesus said we need to have real faith. We need to trust him in the midst of that kind of a situation so we can be difference makers. You see, if we believe him, nothing's impossible. We can see lives changed. We can see his, body, his bodies healed. We can see minds made right. We can see churches built. We can see uh, communities uh, grow in Christ. We can see great things happen if we trust him. But he wants us to recognize that the mountain top experiences are for valley service. And that's why he took Peter and James and John to the mountain. He wanted them to see him in his glory. He wanted them to experience Moses and Elijah. He wanted them to also hear God speak. But why did, was all that important? So they could come back to the valley and make a difference. So they could come back to the place of need and make the difference. When we come to church on Sunday and we worship and we hear God speak and he touches our hearts, it's not so that we can just have a good feeling. It's not just so we can go away and say, well, that was really a blessing. It's so we can go back out into the business world, the school world, the neighborhood world and make a difference so we can be God's light in the darkness, God's leaven in the midst of the bread that needs to be awakened. So you and I can be the star that shines in the darkest night and we can be the candle that makes the difference when there is no other light. And so he says, don't put your light under a bushel. Get it out there and put it on the lampstand. Turn it on. And I heard about a young lady who began to go down into a very difficult neighborhood where people hurt you and where crimes were often committed. And there she told people about Jesus. And they asked her what she was doing. She said, I'm trying to bring a little light into the darkness. And you and I need to bring a little light into the darkness of our neighborhood and our world and our community. And Jesus will enable us to do that. Let's do it. God bless you. Have a great day and a great moment. Hope you're at church this weekend and let God speak to your heart. God bless you.